welcome to the City Changers podcast. I'm your host, Carl. And what you're listening to is a recording of the City Changers team's first trip to Rotterdam in the Netherlands. Rotterdam has plenty to offer at ground level, but today we're getting a different perspective on the city from the bird's eye view. And the best view is on the left. We're standing on one of Rotterdam's rooftops and we're looking at, well, the future. At least that's how Paul van Roosmaden sees it. I think you have to look at a city in a three-dimensional way. Paul is Programme Director of Multifunctional Roofs, and his job is to convert the city's rooftops into usable space, which, as it happens, is not a small amount. In Rotterdam alone, we talk about 18 million square metres. It's a tremendous amount of space. Why is Rotterdam turning skyward? Well, because like cities everywhere, it's running out of room. In the Netherlands, and I think in, in many countries around the world, cities cannot grow anymore. We cannot expand to, to the sites because there's simply another city there or nature or a river or something that we also think is valuable and we don't want to take away to make the city grow. So we have to densify the city. And in dense cities, a logical way is to look up because the roofs, there's quite a lot of space there still. It's not as if rooftops are unique to the Netherlands, but Rotterdam is a special case. Before 1940, the city looked a lot like the capital, Amsterdam, in terms of architecture. But a relentless bombing campaign by the Nazis and the ensuing fires raised most of it to the ground. Many cities were destroyed during World War II, and most were rebuilt to look like they did before. But Rotterdam chose a different path. It took the chance to build a new modern city out of the rubble, which in the postmodern style, meant lots of flat-top buildings. In 2008, Rotterdam began exploring how it could use all that space, and they started by turning it green. We focused on green roofs for two reasons. It was for greening, of course, to put extra nature in the city, and the second reason was water storage. As a delta city, Rotterdam is highly vulnerable to flooding, especially during heavy rainfall. We have a huge water issue, and we figured out that we cannot do one very big solution. We have to find a lot of small solutions. There's no space in the city to have one huge basin that catches all the rainwater that you need. There's no space for that simply. But there was space on the city's rooftops. The problem was that people had differing ideas for what a rooftop should be used for, especially as solar panel technology started to become more widespread. There was actually a debate if an existing green roof had to be taken away to make space for the solar panels. And then we said, this is not really going to work. Rotterdam's simple and inspired idea was to say, well, why not both? In fact, why not more than two? We still have a lot of space, but if you really want to find space for all those urban challenges, climate-wise and others, densification and mobility and other things that are happening in cities, you will have to start combining functions. You will have to start looking at rooftops as a space where you can have multiple solutions. That's where the multifunctional part of Rotterdam's rooftop strategy comes in. The city has categorized seven different possible functions for rooftop space using a color system. There's green for vegetation and blue for collecting and storing water, but also yellow for sustainable energy infrastructure and orange for mobility solutions. Walkways between roofs, for example. A multifunctional roof, one that does two or more of these at the same time, not only maximizes space, 
certain combinations actually complement one another? Not everything, but there are some smart or golden combinations, as we, we call them, that really work better when you combine it with something else. A green roof is one thing, but what about a green, blue and yellow roof all in the same space? And then you have four or five things on the same spot that will actually benefit from each other. The solar panel will have a higher energy production because of the cooler uh, atmosphere that the green roof produces. The green will uh, absorb the water from the water storage and thus uh, vaporizing it into the air. Things like that start happening when you start to combine functions. And that's what we started doing in, uh, in Rotterdam. So green is still the basis, you could say, green, blue, green and water. And we try to combine them as much as possible with other functions. Social functions, which fall under the purple category, can also be integrated, which is another benefit Paul likes to talk about. He believes the case for unlocking rooftop space should go beyond greening or the environmental case alone. And that's a very pragmatic thing is that, for example, greening has a very huge problem when it comes to return on investment. We always look for return on investment. It's a very silly idea maybe, but that's how the world works at this moment. And green doesn't return on investment, not in money. But the value these spaces bring, especially when they're combined with other functions, can bolster the business case. If you start combining functions, you can also look to new business and investment models. For example, when you have a building block, the roof uh, makes money when you make it a terrace or place for people to recreate, like a garden. Or a cafe or a basketball court, even housing, which comes under the orange category. Rotterdam already has examples of these across the city, but the challenge is still convincing more people of the value Paul is talking about. Especially because the vast majority of rooftops belong to private citizens, Rotterdam has limited ways to push private owners to do something with their vacant rooftops. We don't have a law yet, that, and, and some other countries in Europe have, or at least regions, to make it obligatory. We're not there yet. So for now, the city is focusing on the carrot rather than the stick. We try to focus on the value it has for the people involved. What do you want and why do you want it? And how can we help you to make the best out of it so that we as a society, as a city, also benefit? Of course, that's easier said than done. Something can be important and wanted. But if the owner of a building doesn't see the same value in it, it's very hard to convince them to, to stimulate them to go do that. What's the value of a tree? What's the value of a cubic meter of water? What's the value of a place to sit and rest? And I think that's the, the, the difficult discussion that we're having all the time. As a city, as a society, I mean, clothes, a new kitchen, a new car, a holiday, you can really not calculate a return on investment on those things. But we do them and we buy them anyway, because we have some pleasure from it or status. Uh, pride or whatever it is. And, and I think in, a lot of times when it comes to climate adaptation measures, we should start looking at, at those things as well. And Rotterdam is open to ideas, not only for new rooftop functions or combinations of functions, but ways in which to communicate the value of them, but it is which is why we're here valuable. at Rotterdam's business school. And this is, I think, the basis of our assignment as well today, or this week's. How can you combine business with value? Today, Paul is addressing a group of exchange students at the school's brand new lecture hall. Thank you for, uh, for coming this Monday morning to, to listen to my story. I work for the city of Rotterdam. The students here are enrolled in the university's business and society exchange program, a semester-long course for future business leaders from across the globe. Uh, and I'm going to take you on a rooftop journey, so to say. 
This year, they're working on a special collaboration with Rotterdam City to address Paul's specific challenge. How can we convince more people to invest in multifunctional roofs? How do we get them to see the value in it? It's not the typical assignment for a business student to do. This is Claire Wolf, coordinator of the Exchange Programme and leader of the Sustainable Business Innovation Module. We were looking for yeah, a sustainable business idea, also an innovative idea. And then while brainstorming eh, with a little teacher team, we actually came up with, with the rooftops that could be a very interesting, innovative uh, project. Also very hands-on, eh, something you could focus on for a couple of weeks. This is the fourth year they've been running it. The students work in teams to create a solution for a vacant Rotterdam rooftop and build a convincing business case for it. Initially, we let the students search for their own rooftop. And yeah, they had amazing ideas. However, the downside of doing that is that they never got to talk to the rooftop owners because uh, these students, they are from all over the world uh, and they don't have the connections in Rotterdam they need. They might need to find and contact that rooftop owner. This semester, however, the students will be working on a solution for a rooftop at the business school itself. The campus we're located right now, eh, the Kralingse Zoom, it's a very large university campus and we have a new building here. The rooftop is a large glass space covering one of the building wings. Not only will the students have ready access to the building owners this time, the university, they'll also be able to use the city's own research base and tools to put together their case. There's a lot of potential, but the students aren't naive to the challenges. For me, it's, it's almost like an architect versus engineer situation. That's Jaslyn from California. She's one of this semester's cohort. We have a lot of sustainable ideas. We were like, yeah, let's put this on the roof. Let's put something where it's going to be great. And then when it comes to actually implementing it, it's going to be a huge challenge. Anne is another student from Lille in France. I also think that we can face a problem with what we want to do on the roof because even if we think something right now in 10 years 20 years the reality won't really be the same it's really won't be the same situation the same weather the same needs but the biggest challenge for all the students we talk to remains the cost of building and maintaining a multifunctional roof because right now for businesses the most important thing is money it's a difficult thing to say, but it's the reality. And if we want to talk with them, we need to talk with money. It's early days, but it seems the students are up to the task, despite the challenges. That's the interesting part, I will say. Lucille is also from France. And I think that's also why we're here today. We told that we were the new generation, the one who is probably going to change things like for real so it's also our job now to think about these ideas as the course leader claire's hope is that everyone benefits from the experience the city the university and of course the students who can take home a bit of inspiration from rotterdam with them that would be i think our greatest success if they could just take it home and maybe, yeah, look at the world a little bit differently. At least I think that we hope they look at things differently when they leave and that way they continue to do well when they're back home. And that's Paul's hope too. 
Because what Rotterdam and cities around the world need more of is examples. Most people have no idea what can be done on a rooftop. When you look from the street up, you don't even see it. So you have to make a place available that people can visit, a place where people can go to see, smell, hear, touch this roof, where they can really experience it. Which begs the question, when was the last time you, your city, your business, looked up and thought about the potential? That's all for this episode of the City Changes podcast. A big thank you to all our guests. This podcast is an Urban Future production. It's written and produced by Mariano Trevino. I've been Carl Dickinson. Thanks for listening.